the eating disorder wasn't exactly going out of its way to go and do the things that would ultimately break it down or challenge it, right? So I wasn't exactly signing myself up to go eat a challenge food (laughs) or go do something that was difficult for my eating disorder. And that's where I did need a bit of a, a nudge or a push from other people in my life to say, these are exactly the things that you need to be doing to challenge the eating disorder. Welcome to Equip to Recover, where we explore the intersection of recovery stories and eating disorder science to show you that recovery is not only possible, it is worth it. I'm Jessica Flint, and today I'm joined with Maris Degner. Maris is a yoga teacher, mental health advocate, artist, voracious reader, and talented, soulful writer. She is the star of the documentary, I Am Maris, which portrays her story from healing from mental illness and anorexia. Maris is passionate about increasing access to effective eating disorder treatment and is the director of peer mentorship at Equip, a fully virtual eating disorder treatment center. I'm so excited to dive into a listener question here with Maris. And we had Lara write in. And Lara said, is it okay if my recovery process is taking many years? She says she's been going at it for two years now and still has a long way to go. And Lara wants to know, am I doing something wrong? And Maris, I'm just curious for your own process of going through an eating disorder recovery and now helping so many people through the peer mentorship program at Equip, this idea of the journey and the timescales and how long someone's going at it. And just to shed some light here for Lara, who is confused about how long her recovery process is taking and if she's doing it, quote unquote, right or quote unquote, wrong. Yeah. You know, my my heart goes out to to Lara, and you know, I would at first offer that I don't think it's about right or wrong or good or bad. You know, there's really just so many factors that go into the process of healing and recovery, and that sort of language that we all fall into at times can bring about judgment, and that can be something that really can feel very burdensome or really discouraging. Um, so I would say there's times where we can evaluate: is this more or less effective? Is this more or less helpful? But I would never really say that it's about right or wrong or good or bad. The The thought that I have is that this is influenced by so many different factors, right? You know, I, I don't know what this person's support system looks like or what resources they have access to. And all of that can have an influence on the timeline of how things progress. So I would say any effort that you're making, any steps that you're taking forward, are so admirable, and I, I'm so glad that you're taking them. I will say too that there's some things when I reflect on my own experience um, that I do think kind of stretched things out a bit <laughs> that might be helpful to mention. And again, everything happened as it did, but just to put it out there, I, I think for one, there's sometimes this um, desire or this natural pull to go towards the things that are more comfortable. I think that's very human. And, you know, we'll sometimes say, or you might sometimes hear treatment that works doesn't always feel good. And it doesn't mean that treatment that's effective can never, ever feel good. But I will say, at least for myself and my experience, the eating disorder wasn't exactly going out of its way to go and do the things that would ultimately break it down or challenge it, right? So I wasn't exactly signing myself up to go eat a challenge food (laughs) or go do something that was difficult for my eating disorder. And that's where I did need a bit of a a nudge or a push from other people in my life to say, 
these are exactly the things that you need to be doing to challenge the eating disorder. So I would say being uncomfortable on purpose can be something that can help progress recovery along because you learn a lot from those experiences. You're kind of weakening the eating disorder every time you get through one of those experiences. And it can be something that we naturally don't gravitate towards. <laughs> so it can take some intentionality to make that happen. The other thought I have too is that you know, there can be many factors that influence how we think about what will progress along eating disorder recovery. And I know for my family, because of perhaps a lack of psychoeducation or a lack of full understanding of, of how we think about eating disorders today, we weren't fully clear on just how instrumental weight restoration and nutritional rehabilitation can be on that process. And so we we're like, why are we feeling so stuck? <laughs> why are we in this kind of liminal space where things are better, but not perhaps as far as we'd like them to go. And honestly, looking back now, I would say, oh, I, I hadn't gained enough weight yet. <laughs> that wasn't something that we really saw as being important there. So there could be other factors to consider. And why am I feeling a bit, a bit stuck here? The other thing that I will say is that honesty can be something that is really challenging within eating disorder recovery. I know my eating disorder caused me to live outside of my values or act outside of my values. And part of that was not being fully honest with my family and with my treatment team about the symptoms that I was still experiencing. Part of that was shame. Part of that was not wanting people to worry. Part of it was I wanted everybody to leave me alone <laughs> and stop talking about eating disorders all the time. But those are really the things that needed to be pulled out into the light in order to get support around them and fully address them. But overall, eating disorder recovery can take time. Um, J.D. Ouellette, one of our um, you know, EQUIPS director of lived experience, often says eating disorder recovery is always longer than you want it to be, and it is so worth it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I like how you tied in the nutrition rehabilitation and, and the weight restoration, because there is a lot of evidence that shows when, when the brain is not adequately nourished, it's not able to do kind of the deeper rewiring that it needs to, to set up these new habit pathways. And so if someone's feeling stuck, it, it is important to look at, you know, how, how am I working with a dietitian, making sure that you're getting some medical experts here who are helping you with, with that. I think as you're saying, if the eating disorder is left to its own device, it's likely going to be like, yeah, we're, we're doing good. We're, it's enough. We're eating enough. It's the, the weight's restored enough. And, uh, being able to maintain that is an important, important piece. Yeah, Absolutely. This makes me think of like when you're on a road trip and you've been going for like a long time, you're getting kind of tired and you're like, you know, you're just not feeling like, you know, that you want to be in this car much longer. And then you see a sign and it says like, still have a long way to go. <laughs> you're kind of like, what? I mean, I was just recently, I, this isn't the car, but it was a plane. I was just flying back from Switzerland and it's a long flight. I think this one was like, I forget, it was like 13 hours. And I thought we were like, we have to be there. Like it's almost ready. And they're like, here's seven hours to go. <laughs> oh my God, I thought, I thought like an hour left, you know, I took a nap. And uh, it's just that part. You're like, oh my gosh, like I don't want to be here anymore. Like get me out of this car, get me out of this plane. I'm done. And yeah, just having to accept that there's still some work to do here and there's still some time that you have to spend on this and, and that's okay. You'll get there. And it's that patience, that perseverance and in acceptance of where you're at and ultimately opening up to you will get to your destination when you take these small steps day after day. Absolutely. You know, it, it 
it brings to mind we um, I have family in the Bay Area in Northern California, and I live in San Diego in SoCal. So we we go back and forth a lot. And every time we're coming back from the Bay, when we hit LA, <laughs> it's like, okay, this is the final, this is the final leg. And we have to switch up our approach at that point, right? Like we're going to turn off the podcast. We're going to put on some like loud music. We're going to like pull out some snacks. We're going to roll the windows down. Like you oftentimes have to change your approach to get through that final stretch. And that can be sometimes what makes the difference in feeling like you're progressing towards that, that point that you'd like to get towards. That's such a great, yeah, kind of switching it up. And for any listeners who are like, why is LA any different? LA is like <laughs> notorious for its traffic. Yes. <laughs> like snail <laughs> pace traffic. So yeah, when you, you know, you're cruising along and then you hit it, you're like, oh man. And uh, it does, it does help to to kind of try new things. Try, if you know, one treatment approach didn't work, try another. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's options if you know, like the schedule that you're under, like, can you shift it in some way to allow for greater meal prep or times that you're going to have to eat with, with more peace and calm. And so just starting to, to just get creative, creative with, yeah. with how you can architect your day, architect your support system. And it doesn't mean that whatever came before was bad or wrong, right? You know, that got you to this point. It might just mean that what gets you to the final point just needs to look different from here on out. And everything else led up to this point. So I think it can be easy in those moments when we do switch things up and feel the progress. Like, I must have wasted so much time or, you know, I I must have done the wrong thing this whole time. Like, no, you learned from all of that and that helped you get to this point. And now we're just building upon that to get you a little bit further. I love that. Such an important piece to like love the journey in the sense instead of looking at it like oh I wasted all this time it's like okay this has all brought me to where I am at right now and I am who I am because of this and I actually want to tie in to do a little prep for Lara's question here I dug up a blog post that you wrote that I really loved and it's titled seasons of recovery and do you mind if I just read a a paragraph that I think would really kind of shed some light on on this process sure Okay, so this is Maris's words. Maris is an amazing writer. She will one day publish a book. Is that still a dream of yours? <laughs> Don't give it up, girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So one day you guys will see Maris's book on the bookshelves. And so just hold out for that day when, when she has the time and space and grace to create it. But Maris says here, quote, I believe recovery is finding the strength to break your way out of vicious cycles and habits. It's noticing when things are slipping out of your control and the decisions you're making are not your own. It's acknowledging that as a human on this planet, you are inevitably flawed and finding a certain peace in that fact instead of suffocating anxiety, end quote. I just really loved how you tied in this, like the seasons of it and just noticing when you are getting to to a point maybe like winter where, where you're feeling like things are, are starting to get dark again being able to to notice that. So when your recovery feels like this everlasting journey, it is being able to recognize kind of these moments of when you're slipping or maybe going back and, and catching them a little bit faster with a little more compassion. And that does kind of shift the energy and, and help you move forward more instead of getting into you know, a place of stagnation or for taking our road trip metaphor, you know, losing your tire and being off the side of the road, it's kind of recognizing, hey, maybe I should go get some maintenance here, or maybe mm. you, maybe I should check the tire pressure. It, it feels low, or there's this check engine light on. <laughs> like maybe I should look at that. 
Um, any thoughts on on me reading that or just reminiscing about these scenes of recovery for you? Yeah, um, I haven't read that that post in a long time. Yeah, this is like 2015. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. That is a while ago. Um, so it, it's interesting to hear it and kind of reflect on it. You know, I think you're, you're right that there is so much value in being able to just observe without judgment, those little signs that I just need, I need a little something here. And I remember my therapist, when I, I first went away to college, you know, went through kind of a difficult time, noticed some behaviors creeping up. And I like brought it to her like this big confession, like I've done something wrong, like I'm I'm messing up here. And all she responded was like, looks like there must be some unmet need there. What do you need? What can we attend to? And so I think just this reminder that there's nothing wrong. It doesn't mean we need to like raise all the alarm bells. And um, we often say like a lapse isn't a relapse. It's just a moment to pause and check in. It can be really helpful in the long term of recovery just to get to know what those signals look like for you. And there will also be chapters in life, you know, that you just haven't experienced yet. Um, like I think about, you know, perhaps folks in recovery might, you know, experience pregnancy or getting married or these big life events that do put a lot of pressure on how we think about our bodies or our relationship to our bodies. I haven't experienced those things yet. So I, I don't know what I'll need in those moments. And it, it may be a season of life where I need to rethink how I sustain my recovery and just be thoughtful about how I continue to sustain that in this new chapter or this new season. Hmm. Yeah, well said. And uh, Laura, I hope this sheds some light on on the process you're going through and it is okay, yes, if it takes you many years, however long it takes you is is how long it takes you. And, and that's okay, whatever it is, you're not doing anything wrong. I hope the advice and just the words that we shared today are giving you some things to think about in terms of your recovery and where you're at right now and how you can continue to move it forward. You know, I think, I think all I would want to share with Laura is that I'm just so glad that you asked this question. And I, I appreciate you reaching out because it just shows how invested you are in recovery. And that is such a a brave and impactful thing to do. So I think even thinking to ask the question, even thinking to reach out is, is really powerful and will also support other folks listening in. So thanks for asking it. That's a good point. Like the fact that you're asking the question is saying that you're doing something right. (laughs) So you're doing something right, Laura. Well, Maris, it's just been so amazing to have you here with us today. And I just want to wrap up the show with a few questions here. What words of wisdom would you like to leave our listeners, especially those recovery warriors who are going into battle with their eating disorder every single day? I'm trying to take a few steps back and think about if like 13-year-old, 14-year-old Maris were to listen to this, what would she think? And I just want to hold space to the fact that I would not have believed any of this. <laughs> You know, I would have been like, that sounds really nice, but this is incredibly difficult. And so I just want to take a second to honor the the challenge in that and the real pain and discomfort that can come with, with an eating disorder and with recovery. And to say that, you know, experiencing that or feeling that does not mean that recovery isn't possible in the long term. And I know it can sometimes, at least for me, it would sometimes be challenging to hear people tie things up in a pretty bow. Like, you know, use this skill and think about this long-term goal. And, you know, I I just want to offer the validation that it's okay if that doesn't quite feel in resonance just yet. And I also want to share that I have hopefulness that you will get to a place where it 
perhaps will feel a bit smoother and perhaps you will feel entirely different than you do now. Hmm, Wonderful. How can all the listeners stay in touch with you and learn more about Equip? A great way to stay in touch um, would be to check out Equip on on social media. We share a lot of little clips of recovery stories. A lot of our peer mentors show up there and you can kind of get to know them and hear their stories. Um, We're pretty active on our YouTube channel as well. We post a lot of recordings of support groups we have. I tend to pop up there answering other kind of listener questions in that sense as well. So those are two great ways to stay in touch. Well, thank you so much for your time today, for all the incredible work you have put out into the world, for sharing your voice, for just being of heartfelt service. And you're an inspiration to me and a testament of going through the darkness to experience the light. Thank you so much for for being here, Maris. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Equip to Recover. Remember, recovery is not only possible, it is worth it. Find out more about Equip and how you can access treatment that works over at equip.health.